0: Welcome one, welcome all to the greatest show of them all. It is the NFC East Mixtape Volume 125. I think uh, you can listen to us on any one of the NFC East blog, podcast, networks here at SB Nation. You can also watch us on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the blog from the Boys YouTube channel where you will see myself, I'm a little bit under the weather, R.J. Ochoa, and himself representing the team that's going to lose to the worst baseball team to ever live. Uh, Philadelphia Phillies losing to the Angels on Wednesday BLG happy Wednesday for us and the listeners that's a rare occasion that that happens
1: I didn't know the Phillies could lose to themselves considering they are the (laughs) losingest team in all of sports um interesting distinction there for the Angels but uh, I'm looking back at our last mixtape episode since it has been a while um have had some scheduling issues I would say and uh, I'm looking here. I'm buying time. We've been recorded ago. since the 16th. Yeah, you're right. 125 yeah. is this episode.
0: Yeah. So 125. Uh, we were not able to get off the ground last week. So apologies there. And we're not out in your Wednesday morning feed. Uh, this should be dropping on Wednesday afternoon. A uh, little bit later than usual for our afternoon slide of BTB. But you know we're making lemonade here. Um, so it's Wednesday for you. It's Wednesday for us. The the rare situation where that happens to be true. 53-man rosters are effectively set across the NFL. There's still a little bit of settling in that has to happen. Uh, practice squads getting filled out. Uh, we're now, Brandon, at the point where we can finally start charging forward towards week one.
1: I like that was a Chargers pun, but it doesn't really make any sense. Um, there's a lot to get to, RJ, that we have because we have not talked in so long uh we haven't talked since what the eagles and cowboys They only played one preseason game
0: i guess the last time we talked um at that time because we did not review the second one and then right. they played a third one this past week obviously so so a lot yeah. has happened <laughs> we also haven't spoken since the washington commanders won or had the greatest preseason win of all time uh knocking mm. off the you know the eagles couldn't But the Commanders could. So transitive properties suggest that the Commanders are a better team than the Eagles this year.
1: Well, we'll get to the Commanders because there's definitely something that is overdue to talk about. And the moment has passed. But definitely, I feel like it needs to be addressed on this show. But uh, getting into, I guess, some of the big picture Eagles takeaways as rosters are now settled for the time being. Obviously, there'll be some tweaking. But for the most part, they are in place. I think the big thing that people are looking at with the eagles in terms of concerns rj is the backup punter. quarterback punter well punter is definitely sure. up there uh they did cut aaron Sibas, their punter who made a terrible mistake in the super bowl and also was terrible i think people forget this he also stunk in the playoffs in 2021 like that season he had punts of 27 or it was like 29 37 and 37 in that you're game. They're saying he, the the one playoff game against Tampa. Is that what you think? Yeah, you're saying? like he was terrible. Like he was okay. a disaster in that game as well. So like why would you bring him back for a third season just to maybe see if he stinks in the playoffs again and it's horrible? Like why would you do that? Like literally just bring in any other punter and see if he can be better. So, uh they, they, they the Eagles did bring Sipas back to the practice squad. So he's I think that's just a placeholder move. I think they're going to try to find a new punter. If punter is one of your biggest issues, that really says a lot about that you have a lot of other good things going on. I think the real biggest issue that I was going to get into before you brought up punter was backup quarterback because Marcus Mariota did not look good in the preseason. And I think some people think Tanner McKee, who the Eagles drafted in the sixth round and did look good, should be the quarterback too. I'm not there yet. I think you have to give Mariota the benefit of the doubt in terms of his experience. Uh, And I do think he for all his faults as a thrower which is a a big deal he can still run the ball effectively so that's something i feel like you can if he only has to play for let's say like one game maybe you can get through that game where he only needs to throw like 18 passes or something and you just run the heck out of the ball including runs with him uh if he goes down for a longer time and he can't throw then at that point i think you have to turn the keys over to McKee, even though he's a rookie i like i would i i think people are almost underreacting to his preseason in terms of like oh well you just have to ride him no matter what i agree in terms of he's the first guy up but i would not
0: just like continue to play him uh if he sucks uh well i asked at the beginning of the preseason because he there were reports i mean obviously from you as well that camp was not going well for him i asked if he was like a a sneaky name to not make the 53-man roster um something i like to kind of like a way I like to put things in perspective, like where would you say he was in terms of making it? Like, I see like the 52nd player or 53rd, you know what I mean? Like no. what's his like threshold?
1: No, I mean, I think I never, there was some, you know, speculation out there. Like NFL.com did an article with potential surprise roster cuts. And then Mike Florio had floated that Mariota could potentially be cut. Didn't none of that was like sourced at any point. They, no one was saying they heard anything, but the fact that it kept coming up made me wonder if someone, you know, was kind of hearing something behind the scenes, but I mean, again, how many backups do have, like, playoff experience? That's that's not nothing. And also, one thing I will say in defense of Marcus Mariota is that Gardner Minshew also didn't look great last... I don't think... I, I think it's possible that Mariota has actually looked better, if not just, like, equally bad, as Minshew did at this time last year. And Mariota is not working with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard in a starting offensive line. I think if you, you, know, you give him those things, I think you can reasonably expect him to be... Not great necessarily, but like less worse. So, uh, yeah, I'm not as worried about that as others. And also, if he has to play for a long amount of time anyway, and your season's probably DOA, you know what I mean? It's not like you can realistically expect every backup to be Nick Foles who wins the Super Bowl.
0: Um, who's the best backup in the NFL? I was thinking about this. I have an answer, um, but I don't, I don't even feel like supremely confident in my answer. Um, Trey Lance, babe. no I'm kidding. We'll get to that. Uh, my answer is Andy Dalton. <laughs> i mean because you uh, said like well, you but, love andy dalton but like to your point like how many backups have like mariota barely has playoff experience you know what i'm saying like, and i'm not saying andy's got like a the lot games of games like, is not nothing for a backup i mean that's what i'm saying like andy dalton has like a lot of you know starting experience in the regular season and in the playoffs again not necessarily playoff wins but um mm-hmm. again i'm not like banking on the panthers or anything but it, just, it was an I mean, interesting Kobe question Brissett, i guess is up there i don't I know i suppose um Anyway, uh well either way. Taylor Heineke. That's true. Uh with his uh pretty good did, for did he ever did he ever post the Jordans that he bought for beating the Eagles? All right. Anyway. Um uh, well, I I, I, you see,
1: think about that so much.
0: It's because if you're not gonna post a picture, then it's worthless. You hmm. know what I'm saying? Like you, like no for all the ones you get, like every time you buy one, you have to take a picture. Like with and put so it telling
1: was, me you have eagle shoes on your mind a lot.
0: No, I'm saying I have Taylor Heineke's bit always on my bringing mind. bringing it up. No, but what I'm saying is like what he should do is like you know how um they'll give away the game balls and they'll put like on one of the like ends like the score that like he should, you know, share that. You know what I'm saying? Like I I got these shoes because whatever whatever whatever. I just want to see the payoff. It's it means nothing if you're just talking about it aimlessly. So All um, right. Um well, when I don't want to get to a positive
1: because I brought up a negative about the Eagles. One of the positives is that Jalen Carter is seeming like the real deal. And look, you have to keep expectations for any rookie in check especially when it comes to defensive linemen like defensive tackles you just don't see defensive tackles come into the NFL in like all right instant double digit sack guy that's just not the precedent at all I think Jalen Carter has like four and a half sacks and you know isn't obviously struggling struggling Um, I think that's a really good season for him I think it's possible he exceeds that I think it's possible he just might be the exception and don't just take it from me Um, Bo Wolf from the Athletic did a poll of all of the not all of the players on the roster but a lot of players uh, on the Eagles roster and he does this every year it's a good like annual activity he asked everyone like who do you think is going to have a big year he doesn't you know he's not like leading them into saying a certain name he just asked them and he gets a a big sample of of players here and a lot of players said Jalen Carter and I think that's that's interesting, because I don't think veterans are always just no, so like deferential to rookies like that. And some of the, it's not just that he's getting praised, it's like the, the extent of this praise. Look at what Rashad Penny had to say about Jalen Carter, RJ. This is the full quote. I'm a big fan of my running back room. I'm pretty sure the running back room. But if I just had to say anybody, I mean Jalen Carter, parentheses, laughs. I've never seen anything like that since playing against Aaron Donald. He's got the intangibles for sure. Like that's that's pretty crazy praise. And I'm happy he's like a new guy too. It hasn't that he's been in here forever. I, like And then you go on down the list, you know, Jordan Milata, Dallas Goddard, um, DeAndre Swift, like who played at Georgia. So, you know, that's worth pointing out. But like this is a very high praise. Lane Johnson in there as well. So I think Jalen Carter might be the real deal
0: um i'm not denying that he's a talented football player by any stretch and i'm not trying to be pessimistic but like whoa teammates say their teammate is going to be really good in the upcoming nfl season like i mean again i'm just i'm like there's enough reason to believe without the fluff that is like rashad penny you know referencing aaron donald that's all I'm saying. he he bull so he
1: bulldozed joel batonio to the ground i was i don't think i don't know if we talked about that on the podcast since we last talked but yeah i saw him just it was insane he just Joel Batonio. This is, you're talking about a five-time um, Pro Bowler, a two-time first-team All-Pro. Jim Carter just shoves him into the ground. Like that's, can that's we talk,
0: crazy. Can we talk about Albert O?
1: We can. The Eagles made a trade as they are wont to do, and
0: I don't know. I mean, he's probably going to be like a fourth tight end, third, fourth tight end here. Um, I know you're not like hip to like you don't play fantasy or Madden or anything like that, but and so I don't know if you know this. He's like really popular in that. I mean, I yeah. follow fantasy people on Twitter, right. so I like, certainly see the conversation. There, there's there's like a hive. There's an Albert O. hive that really believes he he can be something special. I saw that, uh, and that was one of the like, oh, he's going to get waves, and then, oh, just kidding, like seventh round pick or whatever. What is, isn't even like a conditional seventh or something like that? Uh, yeah,
1: I don't know the conditions on that, but I did see there was a condition uh, on both sides. Also, I feel like he is your new, uh, in terms of the fantasy community, your new Rico Gathers. Is that a good comp?
0: Well, he's been that. That's what I'm saying. Like, he, you know, yeah. you're you're a little bit late to that if you're thinking he's just now that. That's like people have been saying that for a long time. He's also um, like on Madden. He's got uh, some of the like high, like high he has one of the higher speed ratings of all tight ends. It's like on well, like Madden well, teams. It's a popular thing to get him to play tight end for your particular Madden team. Are you familiar with his speed? Like he is like legitimately. Yeah. Insane. I mean, yeah. again, I'm the one telling you this information. So what, I don't 40 know what, does
1: he run then if you know how fast. I don't know
0: he is. his 40 time, but I mean, runs I know four,
1: four, nine. He's and he's fast. 6'5, 260. That's insane. That's like, that's a, that's very fast.
0: Um, You also have Isaiah Rogers as a note here that you wanted to discuss.
1: Uh,
0: Isaiah Rogers,
1: I mean, I had that before, like more interesting things happened, but kind of like a, it's a very Howie Roseman move. The Colts cut Isaiah Rogers because of he gambled. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, I forget. I, I forget. I think the specific bet he made was out there too. He bet like the over on like rushing or Like, it's just, it wasn't even like team wins. It was a very innocuous thing. And you know the Colts cut him to send a message or whatever, and um, now it's kind of like a fun thing for the Eagles because he's suspended for the whole season. He'll have to apply for reinstatement after this year. But basically, it's just like you know a free shot at this guy on your ninety-man offseason roster next year. And Darius Slay, James Bradbury, both over thirty. Why not add a younger, another young corner into the mix? Um, he's twenty-five years old. He's had some success with kick returns. I think he was actually like PFF something like his like their fifth greatest highest graded cornerback last year like something crazy obviously you know smaller sample size and take the pff grades for what they're worth but um you know taking a chance on a guy like that for basically no risk is a good move
0: um yeah i mean it's interesting seeing a player that has that particular suspension like coveted by another nfl team like you know especially with how Hard the NFL has come down on players who have been involved in gambling. You would imagine that like they'd be like, nope, nobody can touch these players. But I mean, I guess Calvin Ridley do get traded. To be fair, right? Uh, but uh, that's interesting. I I really did think that was interesting. Um, anything else? Any surprise cuts or surprise keeps or anything like that on the Eagles' end? We're still on Derek Barnett trade watch. It sounds like the Eagles
1: i don't think they're just rushing to trade him for anything kind of like they did with our old friend jalen rager who got cut by the vikings by the way and thus the eagles cannot get a 2024 20, um fifth round or sorry fourth round pick now it's it's going to stay at a fifth round pick because there were conditions in there based on jalen rager performance um but no not really i mean we'll see if barnet gets moved i'm not expecting that but i guess it's possible um Eagles have a good roster. I don't know what else there's to say. They had a couple guys get claimed. Kayvon Wallace to the Cardinals. There's a Jonathan Gannon connection there. Josh Shields, offensive lineman, to the Colts. There's a Shane Steichen connection there. Typically, when you get pl- you have players who get claimed, that says you know that's kind of like a good thing to say about your roster. On the flip side, if you don't claim players, typically uh, it's because well, one, you're good and you're low in the order, like the Eagles are, but also it could be because like you don't need to claim players. Whereas the Cardinals again who are terrible they claim six players
0: well they're so. they're claiming to like get looks at all these dudes I mean like the tank is so on um yeah. it's amazing how both Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen um I mean well obviously the Colts and Cardinals were disastrous last year but like I feel like they've only become bigger jokes like as the offseason has gone along and I mean my thoughts on the Colts are very clear and I'm not advocating for paying a running back but it feels like they messed up their running back situation way worse than anybody else did you know what I mean I mean the Jonathan Taylor thing. Sure. I mean, how is this going
1: to come to a result that the Colts even want to see? Like, what's going to happen? They're not going to get anything for him, and he's also not going to get paid. Like, who wins? It's it's a lose. Everyone loses. No team gets him, so they don't. Like, it's just a lose. All it's all lose situation.
0: It's. I mean, I don't know, but um, anyway. Anyway, about the Colts, they're bad. So, uh, are we ready to move on from the Eagles? I guess so. Uh, so I, and I'm, I know this has happened to you at certain points in your life with something going on, whatever, <clears throat> excuse me. Like I said, a little bit under the weather, uh, last Friday evening, getting ready to have dinner with my family, super excited, chill Friday night. Um, you know, I was in the back of the house doing something real quick. I was coming in to sit down and eat. And then I get the alert that the Cowboys have traded for Trey Lance. And like, actually at that <laughs> moment, um, my phone <laughs> blew up for like a variety of reasons. But among the things uh, were uh, texts and slacks from all of our friends and coworkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Pete Sweeney texted me it was like "R.I.P. Friday Night." Justice Mosqueda slacked me was like "Good luck." Like everybody was just like, like <laughs> everybody kind of knows like what that is. Um, you and stats are blowing me up, and um, and like you just can't get to everything. But uh, it was it was a real shock in the moment that uh, I think has aged well over the last whatever it's been now four days, five days. Um, and so yeah, Trey Lance is a cowboy. Uh, Will Greer is not um, that was the kind of story going into Saturday night's preseason finale was that he was not going to be on the team. He balled out had four total touchdowns. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw um, on Wednesday, he signed with the Bengals practice squad. So they're obviously in a bit of a tenuous situation. We don't know exactly what the situation is with Joe Burrow, uh, but so good for Will Greer. Uh, No massive surprises from a Cowboys roster standpoint. I'm, I'm just throwing out all relevant things, and so you could pick what you want. Um, they did have Isaiah Land, one of their promising pass rushers, who they uh, who they waived. He did get claimed by Shane Steichen in the Indianapolis Colts. The Trey Lance thing
1: is very funny. For listeners of our podcast, but also the Once Upon a Time, the look-ahead, as well as people know, our good friend Rob Stats Guerrera.
0: Because there's no bigger Trey Lance guy than Stats and uh this is an important piece of context last Hmm. year i think it was july 4th last year uh yeah oh yeah yeah, that's right yeah yumi stats and pete uh we did um i think we each like the ultimately we each picked five players that we thought could win mvp uh Mm -hmm. for last season and i think it was a draft and i believe, correct me if i'm wrong stats is like First or second pick was Trey Lance. I don't think it was um, first pick, but it was it wasn't way first, too high. It, it, it should not have yeah. been there at all. Yeah,
1: it was ridiculous um, at the time. That's not just hindsight, obviously. Like right. at the time, we all thought that was insane. Right. And because his logic was like, I'm not trying to rag on stats, but his logic was like, well, if, you know, Jimmy G can do it, then Trey Lance has to be better. It's like, well, what if he's not though? What if he's? I just thought the
0: worked? logic, the logic was fair because like the, my logic behind picking Kirk Cousins I, last year was. That i thought justin jefferson would have a stupid monster season which he did and that that would you know generally when something like that happens like that player gets offensive player of the year and the quarterback benefits by way of things like mvp so that was my line of thought with kirk and he had a similar line of thought right like oh the niners are going to be really good he's going to be the quarterback he has the like the new starter energy around him that's a popular vibe for the mvp uh, but it really was just super silly um it is a fourth round pick uh, the cowboys have now dealt a few uh 2024 picks already um, and they're expected to get a couple of the comp picks as well. Um, this is a, an interesting thing. Um, I think so. it's important context for the would-be trolls, a.k.a. you. Uh, Dak Prescott, his cap number for next year is almost $60 million. That's mm-hmm. six zero. 0 uh, He has a no-tag clause. He has a no-trade clause. The idea of anybody other than Dak Prescott being the starting quarterback for the Cowboys, not just in 2024, but in 25, 26, and 27, is Not fathomable right People would have said the same thing about Carson Wentz when the Eagles. Well, I mean, but that's just the reality of the, I'm telling you that like, could, could context change? Absolutely. Eagles took the biggest dead cap hit in NFL history. Again, I'm not, I'm not saying it's impossible because to your point, it's literally happened, but like on paper, that's what it looks like. And what's more is the Cowboys will have to decide in the off season after probably not seeing Trey Lance at all, if they want to pick up his fifth year option in an off season where they are going to give Dak Prescott an enormous amount of money. So they're going to have all that money tied up in two quarterbacks. That seems unlikely to me. Um, the most likely sort of uh, path for this, and sorry to BTBers who have heard our conversations about this, Brandon, insisted on talking about this. Um, but well, I it's not you only need... Cowboys fans who listen no, to the no, show. No, 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 I understand. Uh, but um, the most likely path is that next year, Trey Lance battles it out with Cooper Rush because the Cowboys can't get out of his deal that they gave him this offseason. Uh, to be the primary backup quarterback for the team and the Trey enters a contract year, If he balls out for whatever reason in the preseason, they're able to flip him. Who knows? That's the way I see this most likely unfolding, 99 out of 100 times.
1: My problem with the, I guess, evaluation of Trey Lance, or like, I think – my problem with stats, and maybe this could carry over into people who believe it for the Cowboys as well, is like just because Trey Lance was taken third overall doesn't necessarily mean he's a great player. I think people, have a, at least stats does, in my mind, have a really hard time like separating that thing. It's possible the 49ers took a player who should have never gone in that spot. And also, it's possible that even though he hasn't played a lot and hasn't got a lot of reps, it's not just I, I think the problem is like, you're like, oh, it's the mixed mystery box. It could be anything. Well, yeah, that means he also could be terrible. And also, you can know that because if he was just so good, then why is he losing or at least not clearly winning, not clearly leaving no doubt that he's head and shoulders above Sam freaking Darnold? Like, why can't he do that? I don't want to hear that it was rigged for Darnold to win and Lance couldn't have done anything. That's BS. Lance absolutely could have gone out there and made it undeniable that he was better than Darnold. And he didn't do that. there's um,
0: There's an old adage. I'm sure you've heard this before um that most players have to prove that they can play in the nfl right uh but if you're a first round pick and if you're a first round quarterback specifically you have to prove that you can't play right like for people to kind of stop giving you chances. chance i think sam darnold is an example of that right like sure. he's he was a former third overall pick himself and so like because of that draft status that will always follow you and always kind of you know lend to someone giving you the benefit of the doubt saying well i don't know man you know back in in Darnold's case, 2018 and Lance's case, 21, like, you know, that team thought this and that, whatever. Um, I mean, I'm, I agree with you, which is, but look like all that aside, like that's the Niners issue. Like the yeah, Cowboys aren't the ones on I'm the getting
1: into the Cowboys part of it all. I think it's an interesting move to parse because I think you can say, Hey, the, from the Cowboys perspective, You know, this is a relatively low cost to take on the upside of Trey Lance, which there is still theoretical upside. And for the cost of a fourth, yeah, you're interested to take a look at that. He's only still 23 years old. That's pretty crazy. Turned 23 in May. So, yeah, I'm not saying the book is closed on him.
0: They, um, the Cowboys have talked for three years now about drafting a quarterback and it just hasn't happened. Um, the last quarterback they drafted was Ben DiNucci in the seventh round of the 2020 draft. Um, and so they, they talk about that every year. That is, I I really don't know if you know this, but that's a Mike McCarthy staple is to kind of always have a third dude who you're developing. Um, and we saw Josh Dobbs get traded, right? We've seen in the past Gardner Minshew get traded. I even told you that time that I loved the Gardner Minshew trade. So from that standpoint, like a super low cost, this, this is. This is and will always be a game and a league where the quarterbacks are the most valuable assets. So for an incredibly low price, if you can potentially unearth something and if he does turn into your starter, great. If he turns into somebody and and you deal with whatever that is, if that really does come to pass or if he turns into a commodity that you can flip for something else, awesome. But I mean, they got, I, I think, so it's important to contextualize the emergency third quarterback rule which i know you know about because the Niners i was going bring that had up. some had some uh, so th- some thoughts about this over the offseason. um so if anyone doesn't know because you know sometimes people they think they know these rules but they don't um if you have a third quarterback on your 53 man roster they do not count against your 46 man active game day roster however mm-hmm. they can enter the game if you're starting two quarter or your first two quarterbacks are both injured, which is again, the situation that plagued the Niners in the NFC championship game. So Trey Lance now serves in that capacity, right? He gets to right. dress every week. Um, and I'm not saying that he's awesome, but like who's, who's a QB three in the NFL. That's better than that, or has a higher ceiling than that. Nobody. I mean, and so to get that for a fourth round pick, I mean, if you can deal with the silly trolls and hair, you know, headlines and narratives or whatever, it's totally worth it. It's a smart thing. I'm really, I'm really, I, I was initially upset because I was pre-annoyed at all of the the like conversation, but it really it's a it's an indication of a team that's always thinking and always planning. That's the upside.
1: I don't think there is zero downside. I would not agree with that. I think you make a pros and you can say the pros outweigh the cons, but the cons are real. And I think the con is that for a team that is positioned itself to be in this, you know, Super Bowl window now, pushing now, not thinking as much of a long term, maybe it's most important. I think it's fair to like posit or wonder if it's most important to keep your starting quarterback happy. And a lot of rooms, a lot of quarterback, hold on, a lot of quarterback rooms, your th- third quarterback is a guy who isn't necessarily this amazing upside player as much as he's a guy that the, the starting quarterback likes and helps him get prepared and stuff like that. And you can wonder what the value of that actually is, it might not be valuable at all. I don't know, but I think it's not nothing. It is more than nothing that Dak Prescott like clearly wasn't thrilled with this move, not just from a standpoint. I, I think you, you, you will say that too much is being made of Lance being brought in as much as will will Greer just going out, in this environment where it wasn't even anything like merit had the most thing to do with it. It's just about like, well, we just want upside. We don't care about necessarily who deserved that third quarterback spot or his value to the team um, in the role that he played that Dak seemed to like at some level. I I don't think he would say what he said without having some kind of feelings like that. So I think that is the downside. It could create not like this massive rift, the entire locker room falls apart, but it's an unnecessarily
0: like bad thing that the Cowboys might be welcoming. So, to clarify, and we've done our best at BTB to contextualize this, um, it does seem like the primary emotion, and these are like, this is my assessment um, from Dak Prescott's comments Saturday night after the game that he called, by the way, did a great job as the team's office. That was really cool. Like, I think that's cool when teams do stuff like that. Uh, but anyway, um, was a level of upsetness over the treatment or whatever you want to call it of Will Greer. That's his guy, they've been together for a while. Um, and you, I mean, if you're in the NFL and you know how precious opportunities are again, back to the, like, you know, somebody like Will Greer has to prove that he can play and that he belongs. And somebody like Trey Lance can really have this unique, you know, NFL career that's so void of opportunity and still have all these people willing to believe in him. I can understand how that would bother you. Like if you are somebody who's in that world, um, and while that is fair and, you know, kind of Dak Prescott to have Will Greer's back at the end of the day, I mean, like get the better player, get, get like, you know what I mean? Like if, as a fan of the team, like get, get, the best possible situation. Like, and so if Dak really is upset about that, we had an article go out um, today, actually on Wednesday at our site that Jess Haney wrote. Um, and again, I don't think that Dak was like, how dare the Cowboys do this, whatever, blah, blah. But he was like, that would be really hypocritical of Dak anyway. Like Dak's whole career was born out of the Cowboys doing that exact that same thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then it, it actually happened with, you know, Kellen Moore getting hurt and Tony Roma getting hurt. Um, so I don't think there's a rift or anything like that. Um, I don't think, I mean, it's worth mentioning that the Buffalo Bills were a team who was also in on the Trey Lance thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying Dak and Josh John are the same thing, but they're similar situations in that you have this unquestioned starter and Trey Lance needs that. He needs a place kind of like what Mitchell Trubisky had at Buffalo, like a place where you can go in and it's not a question whatsoever. You're just the dude who's there to kind of help retool his image, et cetera, et cetera. And then somebody else will give you a shot down the road, like they did with Carson Wentz or Andy Dalton or whoever the case may be. Sam Darnold now in San Francisco as well.
1: I mean, I kind of disagree from the standpoint of he needs reps more than
0: anything. This is a guy who's not
1: played. He needs the play.
0: I agree. I mean, like that's that's why I'm like I don't think he'll he'll be of use to them this year. Like you know, like because the reps he'll get will not come until OTAs and mini camp and training camp next year. Um, So Trey Lance really is on ice, and he's but he's this really theoretically talented person who is on ice. I mean, like, again, I love Will Greer, and I wish him nothing but the best in Cincinnati. But if, you know, if we had to smash the glass on the third quarterback for the Cowboys, and they had to go play the Eagles or whoever... I'm not saying I feel great, but I feel much better about the idea of Trey Lance just having some sort of talent unveil itself than Will Greer. We know what Will Greer is in the NFL. He couldn't beat out Cooper Rush, you know, to be the primary backup for the Cowboys. We don't fully know, again, in a theoretical sense, what Trey Lance is. So I will always take that upside on a position like QB3.
1: Well, I mean, Jerry Jones couldn't get the real quarterback he wanted to replace. Dak Prescott, and that was Jalen Hurts, so this, this was he had also, to settle for Trey Lance.
0: This was also really dumb, um, so he had the quote about, uh, I, I'm sure you know now, but he didn't mention Jalen's name this is really well known. I thought that's why I'm kind of shocked. Jalen was a visit. Oh, it was a virtual visit, but uh, he was a 30 visit of the Cowboys in Yeah, but I
1: mean, it's different to say that, and then like hey, we wanted to, we were going to draft
0: him. That's not no, the but, same
1: thing. But I, not the exact that,
0: same thing. That does speak to like what they've they've wanted to have that development quarterback. Like <laughs> they don't sense. necessarily
1: want to draft every single player they bring in for a 30 visit. Definitely again, that's not they, true.
0: They thought very highly of Jalen Hurts. Sure. Rightfully so. And Jalen Hurts thought highly of them. Remember, he had the Cowboys, uh, whatever it was, locker plate thing in the background of him. So, like again, I'm just saying this was like a really well known thing. I, I mm-hmm. thought I can't probably I, I was surprised at the legs that this got. I thought it was universally understood by now. Do you think Jerry Jones
1: would take Jalen Hurts over Dak Prescott today if he could just pick between the two? Same contract.
0: No, I don't. Um, no. Okay, no. Um, you also have here that the Ringer projects the Cowboys to have yeah. the top defense in the NFL.
1: Yeah, that's from Bastille uh, um, it's just, I don't think it's crazy, obviously, but it's just, it is funny though. Right. In terms of we've, I think one of the most common refrains on the show since we've been doing it is that defense is not sticky year to year. And yet it has been somehow here, which is like, okay, maybe the Cowboys are the exception. Maybe Dan Quinn, that is the exception, but it's just, you know, it can be hard to bet on the exception and count on that definitely happening. So I don't like, I don't, I don't, I, it's not an unreasonable projection when I look at it, but I also don't like,
0: where's my confidence level, you know, like full? No, it's not. Um, So, I mean, you're right. Like a year ago, I was like, there's no way they're going to have as many takeaways. They had more. Um, They were the first team since the 1970 Steelers to uh, lead the league in takeaways and back-to-back years. So they kind of like, they, they are the exception already. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, but to that point, it's like, can you continue to be the exception? Like that's even more difficult. I, I do so I agree with our point, obviously that it's difficult for defenses or or defensive success to stick, but think about like the Niners. Like we've seen this like kind of little mini run where they haven't been the best defense in the NFL for like the last five years, but they've consistently been in that mix. Like, I think that's a fair kind of expectation for the Cowboys and what they're doing. It certainly helps that they have talented players like Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs and, you know, whatever. But I think that, I don't know that I think they'll be the best defense in the NFL. I certainly think that's possible, but I do think that they're the best defense in the NFC East, which is applicable to this conversation at least. I mean, I don't know that saying much. Well, no, I mean, but I mean, the Eagles had an amazing defense last year. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I, but I, just... I think it's, I, this isn't meant to be a shot, but like because of the talent changeover or turnover, like and the loss of Jonathan Gannon, even though he sucked, and was terrible and blah, 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 Like, I think it's more likely that the Eagles regress to the mean than the cow, like who did the Cowboys lose defensively? You know what I mean? Like that—that that was a big deal. Was that Dan Quinn returned? That they got all their content. Leighton Van der Esch, Donovan Wilson came back. They added. It was um. It's worth mentioning that since we last recorded, Demarvion Overshown towards towards ACL uh, in the preseason game in Seattle. He was expected to be a big contributor. But something that's really interesting. How many linebackers are on the Eagles' fifty-three man roster?
1: They currently have three, although they've been using one of their safeties kind of in a hybrid linebacker role. That's the role. new.
0: That's the new way in mm-hmm. the NFL. I mean, the Cowboys have three off-ball linebackers on their team, uh, and they have Marquis Bell, who's you know creeping up, playing in the box, whatever. They have Jaron Curse who can do the same thing. Like, I don't. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if like for most of the season the Cowboys roll out with like five safeties. Like, you know what I mean? That's just kind of the new age, you know, defensive way to roll in the NFL. All
1: right, I feel like we are. Have we gone proper time on the Cowboys? Yes, 15 minutes, 15 minutes. All right, right. let's take
0: a break and hear a word from our sponsors. Welcome back. While we were gone, Brandon, you told me your thoughts on the Barbie movie.
1: I've not seen it yet. Uh, My friends Jess and Emma still want, I think they want me to go with them specifically, but they definitely want me to see it, but I have not seen it yet. Uh, What do you think our sponsors would say if they could only say one word? Since we're hearing one word from
0: them. Barbie, that would be the word in this case. Not a sponsor, Um, though. I don't. It's maybe we, maybe we get Barbie to sponsor us. Yeah, but will we get the the toy or the movie? Well, not both? Go for it all. That's more than one word, though. You know what I mean. Mm. But um, well, you said Barbie. That's fair. Um, encompass I really do want to see it. I don't know when I'll get to. It's usually like a, I have to wait till. I stuff like is you. True. I can't believe you haven't yet. I haven't been to the movies. I thought about this like six months ago. The last movie I saw in theaters was Avengers Endgame the last movie I saw on uh, I do remember you yeah. saying this before. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. Like I'm not opposed to seeing it. It's just, you know, like where I'm at in life, like you've got to be streamable. Like I haven't seen the Flash movie. And I know that there's um there's like mixed reviews on this, but it, it hit HBO Max. Or I guess it's called Max now. Um so I'm excited um to finally get to see it you're doing the Twitter thing but with HBO Max yeah I've done that joke too many times now to so where like I hate myself every time I'm like oh yeah on Twitter or I guess we're cool it's called the name now. that makes sense
1: Max does not make sense that is not descriptive that's confusing just
0: call it and it's HBO anyway it's called it HBO Max the only only thing I mean. would push back against you on with that is they have properties that aren't just HBO so it's fair to call it something that like is representative of what the product really is you know like if you call it HBO Max it's not it's it's more than that no it is definitely is. I guess that's true though for like Disney Plus, because they like Marvel things. I know that's owned by Disney, but I've um... been
1: checking out Ahsoka I'm a couple episodes in. No spoilers, but um, Yeah, we watched start... the... we watched I'm the int- first two episodes. I'm very intrigued, like conceptually, about the season, but I'm I'm more intrigued than I am um like satisfied, I should say, to this point. Um have you seen Secret Invasion? I watched like half of the first episode and i have just had not even a desire to go back to it and i'm like a completionist and i feel like i have to because i like to see everything but it's a tough it's a tough time based on some of the things i had read about it as well
0: yeah i uh i think i told steven this um i finally watched guardians of the galaxy volume three again i would have loved to send it in theaters but you know so once it was finally streamable dude holy crap it ruled it was amazing so yeah liked it for sure i
1: like i like when marvel does movies that are um like its own genre you know it's not just like another superhero movie it's like a superhero movie but it's like a summer blockbuster like right. it has a different it lives in its own world in addition to being a marvel movie
0: um last thing and then we can get to the giants um that song dog days are over um by um the machine. thank you thank you um that's the like ultimate final montage it of really a movie song. like <laughs> it's so it was so perfect uh but it could work for anything you know what I mean, like any kind of group celebration, it, it would be great for us. It's a good call uh, by you. Um, they have another great song. Uh, that I really like. Um, Shake it off. Thank you. Uh, good job. Look at you. Um, maybe one of those will be my songs today. Who knows? But anyway, uh, the New York Football Giants, Jalen Hyatt, looks like he's a real thing. It's a bummer.
1: Yeah, we've been seeing that. Um, I mean, I think you brought this up on the SB Nation NFL show. What do you say about him? Something like. Yeah, this shouldn't be surprising. This was like a highly rated guy, and maybe people overthought it. And... Yeah, it was
0: like like Sam Howell. Um, it, you know, like you talked about, like it was, you know, if he had gone out the year before, you know what I mean? That he ultimately did. That there was a lot more hype around him. like a year ago when college football was starting, everybody was like Jalen Hyatt, Jalen Hyatt, Jalen Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes the draft process can lead to you know scouts and evaluators like falling in love with certain things and falling out of love with others. And yeah, it turns out the really good football player is a really good football player it's it's funny though with some of that it's like well what if this
1: really fast incredible deep threat like isn't good at you know running a 10 yard curl route like what are we talking about here who cares like sh- shut up like, like, like if he can be really effective like it's like oh he's a one trick pony okay like people used to say that about Deshaun Jackson one trick pony first of all not true second of all he does that one trick really really yeah, like, really e-
0: well. E- even if it were true, that's fine. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, I, like I'm super fine with the trick well, what that is a here? 75-yard touchdown every game. Yeah, for sure. Um I I do I do
1: worry about high. I do think he could I think the Giants are like due for their own cuz like they were tortured by the so much. I feel like they're due for their own version of that and I am worried that you know, I obviously have to see it to fully believe that high is going to be someone of Deshaun's level, but I feel like he's going to be even if he's not that consistent he's still going to be like an annoying player to have to deal with he might just pop up every once in a while and like later career to sean basically who tortured the cowboys as recently as what 2021 thanksgiving with the raiders did
0: you and you predicted that by the way did did you see that hyatt changed numbers i was so pumped because he had number 84 it's a great jersey number for a receiver um he switched to 13 so which is fine it's it's okay yeah, it's, it's still good, but I would have preferred him staying an 84 person. Mm, I think his game spe- – like a fast guy
1: I'd rather see in the teens as opposed to like a bigger ex- – like an A.J. Brown, who's uh, funny enough. Oh, A.J. would be a great 84. But, totally. Yeah, or 81. Yeah. like PO's Yeah, number. Like, it, great point. It makes point. so much sense. Although the Eagles' 8 font isn't great, so that's its own whole thing. But, yeah, in, in, a, in a vacuum if we're talking about the jersey number analytics. Hashtag so, jersey number analytics of it all.
0: So Jalen Hyatt, uh, Wondell Robinson activated from the pup list. Jamison Crowder is out um none of that's, I mean, that's really shocking I don't it's, think. it's not shocking but it's big like the robinson thing because he was
1: like he was coming on a little bit but right before he got hurt i would have been it would have been interesting to see if he could have stayed healthy and not that you know that makes a world's difference for where the Giants' season ultimately ended up but i think he was starting to come on a little bit uh so i'm interested to see that how about this note it's not in the sheet i think if i'm not mistaken i believe daniel jones was the like second or third highest graded quarterback by pff in the preseason are you buying or selling that rj
0: i saw uh, a tweet from a great account cowboy stats and graphics so I'm, I'm making this up but um he had charted like the completions or whatever that had happened throughout giants camp and most of them were to like tight ends and running backs well um, darren waller yeah but i mean like generally like underneath stuff you know what I mean like nothing's really like and even yeah Jalen Hyatt can be amazing but like if Daniel Jones isn't pulling the trigger like it really doesn't matter you know what I'm saying um so I don't know I mean I I, I stand by the fact that it was the right decision to pay Daniel Jones they handled the Saquon thing well the Giants did um I mean so now it's just time they're, they're still rebuilding like it's important to keep that context they were a playoff team last year. So they want a playoff game but they're still they're only in year two of Brian Dable. Like mm. these things take time to fully take off.
1: Looking at their roster on our lads, their depth chart. And yeah, the receivers just aren't no one's scaring you. They might have passable receivers, guys who are fine. I think Hyatt makes sense as a guy who scares you as a deep threat, but he's not like a volume target. You're not like, oh no, he's gonna catch seven passes against us. Like, that's not his kind of game, at least, I don't think at this point. Uh still feel like their offensive line can be had you know, from left to right, we're looking at Andrew Thomas, Ben Bredesen, rookie John Michael Schmitz, who's done some good things, but is a rookie, Mark Lewinsky, who's like just a guy and aging, an aging one at that. And then Evan Neal, who we've talked about is a huge kind of like X factor for the Giants. If he makes that Andrew Thomas leap from year one to year two, that would be a huge deal. If he continues to be really bad, that would also be a very big deal. If he's in between, it's probably not good enough because the rest of the offensive line there isn't really that great. So Um, I still feel like they can be undone in that spot Uh, defensively you know I think it's a group that um, like is there a superstar in the mix here I mean Dexter Lawrence right we'll put him up there but who else who's
0: like the most second scary player to you on the the Giants defensive side of the ball the answer should be Kayvon Thibodeau he should actually be number one you know what I mean and so and maybe maybe that leap really does happen like as as games start to actually happen but like it should be that dude you know what i'm saying like you're drafting a pass rusher that high like he should come in and be like micah parsons you know what i'm saying like he and again that was a little bit of a weird thing but like um but yeah i mean it if it's not cave i mean a Dory possibly yeah i mean we've always been big a fans but i still think the answer is cave on tibodeau just because of the potential like you know I, I if that right, if that clicks if, if that clicks then things are they're cooking with a little bit of gas
1: that's that's a i mean both Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau, which unsurprisingly were the top picks for the Giants last year. But, like, definitely at least one has to hit.
0: If they both don't hit, then we're not cooking with guests. Um, the Washington Commanders. Um, as mentioned, we haven't spoken since they knocked off the Ravens. Um, so on the Much subject more of, notable from that well, hang game. On. <laughs> on, on the subject of jersey numbers, uh, so their streak ended at, was it 24? right that was the the streak yeah you talked about this with clowney choosing the jersey yeah clowney numbers. chose tour number 24 and literally the, the streak ended at 24 wow. so it was the kiss of death uh but so the streak ended it really was fun i mean i really did enjoy the like fanfare of the streak ending hmm. uh it was cool that it was on the monday night broadcast like it did kind of feel like a normal monday night game even though it was a preseason game um i guess though you really want to talk about the josh harris handshake um
1: i mean it was, come it was on really that was, was that was really bad. really awkward just like
0: in what world
1: would that be? like look, I'm definitely awkward. I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm the smoothest operator. Um shout out to shade But like, uh, what context would that be a handshake in the middle of an interview in like the middle of a question? It wasn't like, all right, and we'll see you later. There's no natural end point. Like you're in the middle of a conversation.
0: And <laughs> it's so bad, dude the best, It's so the best, bad. the best part was how, like, how much conviction he had. You know what I mean, like, like he, he just like went for it, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, it's oh, I ab-
1: also think the best part is like Troy Aikman like seeing it, but also like not necessarily looking like making eyes down at it, but like knowing it happened. And he just kind of smiles, <laughs> see? and he's like trying to look at. Um, Joe Buck to like get his attention or like acknowledge it but like Joe Buck just won't look anywhere at anyone it was the
0: um the toughest of tough scenes uh for Josh Harris but tell me that's um, a good vibes owner right there dude well the vibes are his team then get rid of him with the Sixers oh this guy I want to (laughs) yeah thank (laughs) you I would love to um that is the dumbest thing that you're so upset about this uh but um Sam Howell looks legit I mean looks I mean like people overreacted people
1: overreacted to him he, like it's all like relative expectation and relative everyone was like ready to crown him and that was too much Every, people went way too overboard but then they overreacted to going overboard going, oh actually he sucks so it's like maybe not maybe he's just not as good as you originally thought but he's still like okay and i like that pick for the commanders at the time i thought that where they got him was like a reasonable risk to take especially carson wentz was the starter at the time and it felt like they're gonna have to have some kind of pivot plan in place how many quarterbacks are going to be better than him what's his ceiling i still think there are real questions about that but i do think there's in a, in a very small sample size i think there's enough to say he's not like a total joke laughable starter
0: yeah i mean like would you rather have sam howell or like desmond ritter right now based on what i've seen Howell. It's yeah again, like small sample size but how sam howell or um josh well, Dobbs. It's not good if,
1: if you can't think i mean it just totally depends on the context if you're talking about to win one game i'll take josh jobs but if we're talking about over the, it, where the commanders are right
0: now uh, yeah easily sam howell um yeah i'm interested i'm very very interested to see this happen now uh the streak ending was very cool uh but it may have come at a price um ron rivera um flew a little close to the sun terry mclaurin there's concern that he can miss the opener. If he misses just the opener, I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world. But if this is a thing that lingers and yeah. then like and next year, like in March and April, he's got to do his like normal media rounds. He's got to be like, yeah, I just was never right after that that preseason game. Like that would be super annoying if you're a Washington fan.
1: I think that's the concern. You I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's not like, oh, he's gonna miss ten games. No, that's not the point. It's the point is like, what if this is kind of just a thing that carries over and it just never gets right fully? And at the same time, like how much does it matter anyway, in terms of is, are the commanders, what are the commanders really competing for this year? Like what is their ceiling? Can they win the division? I guess like I think that's the, if you're talking about absolute ceiling, the very best case scenario, that's probably the very best case scenario, but okay. What are you doing after that? Like, and that's also probably a situation where the Cowboys and or Eagles are like totally crumbling, it's, it's you're winning the division in that situation where the teams aren't as good as you thought they were, as opposed to you're just totally the juggernaut and outshining them. So um, yeah, the McLaurin injury looms large, especially as it relates to who the guy we just talked about, Sam Howell, having that a one alpha receiver, as we've seen, uh, especially last year in the NFL, when you talked about how dumb it was for all these teams to get these difference-making receivers actually made a big difference for those teams. When you look at Tua's development, when you look at Jalen Hurts development, um, is there anyone else
0: I'm forgetting? I'm sure there was in there. Uh, I um, I was thinking, the you know, big ones. while you were speaking, I was thinking, because we brought up Josh Dobbs, I'm so grateful that the commanders are not tanking. Like if Caleb Williams wound up a commander next year, that would suck. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, yeah, we and, had them going pretty bad though. We both think they're going to be pretty bad. Our day's yeah, but, but there's a difference between being pretty bad and like what the Cardinals are. You know what I'm saying? Like the Cardinals are in a very, very strange state. And um, the Colts. I think mean the Colts are gonna stink. Um so sorry, I was I, I saw a quote from the the from Chris Ballard speaking to the Colts that like made me mm. laugh and I wanted to check the, the validity of it. Um so he said, uh I'm looking at an update on Twitter. He said he won't quit on his relationship with Jonathan Taylor. Relationships are repairable. We have work to do on it, and apparently was asked why they're not paying Jonathan Taylor. And his quote was, We won four games last year. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever been more right about anything as I was about um Chris Ballard and the Colts last year. So one thing we forgot to get to with the Giants.
1: I saw something on Twitter that just reminded me of this. How many captains do they have, RJ? Did you see this? Um,
0: I saw it was like twenty percent of the roster. I saw somebody. It's 10. <laughs> I, I, don't know that, I don't know how that's possible because I remember distinctly, like it was like twenty sixteen, the Cowboys wanted to have I think it was like seven and you can only have six. And I remember Jason Garrett at his press conference saying that they asked the NFL for a seventh and they said no. But I remember discovering that the Patriots had seven that year. And so it's kind of like, well, why do they get seven? Like there should be a limit. Like if you can just be like, Oh, we're gonna go with 10 this year, then that's meaningless. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what makes it precious, is if is that there's only six or whatever it is every year. It's eighteen
1: point eight six seven nine two four five two eight three, et cetera, percent of the roster. Is is a team captain like what are we doing? They did expand it, I think, during COVID. I don't know if you just said that, but I remember that being a thing for some reason. But that was because, in theory, you know, like guys weren't going to potentially be available, so they wanted to have a lot in that event. But that's not the situation anymore. So I, uh, it's not like the biggest thing I'm bringing it up, so it's silly. It's a little,
0: it's a little myself, football it's, cliche. Um, it's just like weird. I know you don't you're not watching, hard, I know you're not watching hard knocks, but, and who are they again? Um, I need to look this up. I don't know all 18 or whatever, like, are 10. Um, I know you're not watching Hard Knocks, but on this week's episode, uh, the Jets defensive linemen, they all put links on a chain. And Hmm. as they did, everyone, as they, like, screwed it on, said, I will not be the weakest link. And it was just, it was was one of those things. They dropped through the floor. (laughs) It was like, you know, maybe if you were, like, in the moment, it was cool, but it was just kind of awkward to watch on TV. Yeah, so.
1: Daniel Jones, Saquon, Andrew Thomas, Darren Waller, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Bobby Okereke or Bobby Okereke, sorry, been getting that name wrong. Uh, Dory Jackson. Oh yeah, I got it
0: wrong a little while ago. Apologies.
1: Xavier McKinney and Graham Gano. So obviously those like are players in a vacuum relative to the Giants, who would naturally be captains. But like all of them, you need a, a tenth captain
0: and your kicker. Like what are we doing here? It's I actually, I didn't like it at first, but Mike McCarthy has rotating captains. So every week there's a new, you know, offensive, so, yeah. defensive, and special teams captain. I kind of like that. But, like, I like that it's, like, you, you limit it for that game. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause, And it gives everyone, like, a chance to be, like, center stage. That's kind of cool. And, like, he'll do, um, you know, like, when Jordan Lewis is playing the Lions. He's from Michigan. You know what I'm saying? Like, stuff like that. Like, I think that's cool. So. I always hated how the Eagles didn't do captains for a long time
1: because they wouldn't have the C patches. Like I, I just think that's fun though to like see a jersey. I agree. With the gold C eventually because that means a lot. It takes a lot of years to get to that level. Like it takes what five years
0: I think of being a captain. Like that's that says something. So in case anyone doesn't know, the C there are stars underneath it. Um, and it's four stars. They're, they're gold. They're they're gold every year you've been a captain. So like if you're in your second year of captaincy, you have two gold stars and two white ones. And then after the fourth year. The whole patch is gold like yeah. the sea and the square yep. and all the stars because it's your fifth year to your point uh,
1: and for some jerseys that looks really cool like certain teams that really works for um i guess like maybe the saints you know i thought drew Brees that always look good for because they're like yellow and and black like it, it matches anyway other teams maybe not as much
0: looks kind of um, good on the packers as well um should change that should we change it from gold if you have like a color that well it um, should just be like a it should be non-white you know what i'm saying like it should be a pronounced color um which would be cool but some i also like you mentioned drew Brees. sometimes players end up with too many patches you know what i mean like they have something for the team or like they're honoring something or, or walter like, May-
1: uh peyton man of the year patch which dak but, will have now
0: they have well that's that's kind of cool like that you know what i mean that's a i like that i agree but, but i'm like, saying it's,
1: it's part of the equation there
0: but it's like okay chiefs like do we really need the afc logo like or whatever it is like the, the afl patch you know what you I mean? may have like,
1: forgotten which league they play in yeah
0: like that's you know conference. let's let's move on at this point you know like stuff like that that one's doing nothing for me you know what i'm also, saying like, there's like five I, people who have the walter payton one that one's the, cool the owner initials is come on like let's I, i'm I'm okay with that if you want to do it oh. on your sleeve you know what i mean like like the bears and the lions i mean okay with that. i'm
1: being hypocritical because i mean if i own the team i would put my initials out there i guess like who cares but is it a cool is it objectively a cool move no it's not no one cares players care. um okay let's just um confusing. why is g s h on the bears like i know why but i'm saying like people are gonna be like why is that on there and they're gonna look it up and be like oh who cares
0: speaking of did you know that the bears changed their primary logo this year Duh, Bears. Well no, their logo, not a uh, phrase. Like their primary logo was always the C, like the Chicago C. It's now the bear, like the you know, caricature or whatever. Um mm-hmm. so like that's their primary logo. Everybody has the primary and the secondary logos. You know what I'm saying? So they switched. Wow. Um does the P on the Phillies cap stand for Philadelphia or Phillies? Both. Uh let's do our songs. Rachelle got hers in early. Shout out to her. Uh, her song for the week is Suit and Tie by Justin Timberlake and Jay-Z. An incredible song. So, well done, Rachel. Wow. Um, definitely have to listen to that. Yeah, You've never heard have, the song before? I have
1: to be honest. Probably have heard it, but have not heard it in a long time. Or if I have, it's one of those songs that I know in my head, but don't know the name of, necessarily.
0: Uh, what's your um pick? I'm... I mentioned i'm under the weather so um i'm kind of tapped out from a mental energy standpoint i'm gonna go oh. with dog days are over by florence and the machine we also need it represented on the playlist at this point so i'll follow that that for this it week.
1: also makes sense from a standpoint of like the dog days of summer basically are over and we're moving mm-hmm. on to the regular season no more training camp no more pre-season. We're we're on to the
0: real thing soon enough still have what like how many days more than- Eight days until Lions Chiefs. Okay. It's going but, to be so funny when the Chiefs blow them out and all this Lions love is just like over. Yeah. You're going to take the Chiefs to cover. What is the line right now? I bet you it's like, I think it was like eight and a half, seven Guess and it. a half. I'm, I'm pulling it up, but that's, I'm going to say uh, seven and a half. It is six and a half. Mm, it dropped. I remember, I think it was seven and a half earlier. I will early. totally lay six and a half points. Absolutely.
1: That's a, uh, yeah, I think you have to seven um, and a half is a little tricky though right like you wouldn't feel as good as about that i would feel totally
0: fine I'm yeah or you, would you do point. eight and
1: a half the two yeah. score game
0: i'd go up to wow. nine and a, i'd take nine and a half that's it though um wow well, that's a big line see. the commanders are seven point favorites against the, the Chiefs are notoriously not good at covering the spread too by the way i didn't want well i just want to get these spreads out of the eagles three and a half point favorites against the patriots um and the cowboys three point favorites over the giants so, um, but the, um, the commanders Back are playing, the, the, Giants, the, command, uh, the commanders no, are playing. Um, uh, so the, this is important. Um, the card, I don't know if you believe that Kyler Murray is going to play at all this season. Obviously that's kind of a touch situation. He? What's the point? I don't know, but either way he's on the pup list. So he can't play the first four games of the season, no matter what, right. um, this is relevant because the first three weeks of the season for the Cardinals are at Washington and then the Giants and the Cowboys. So Kyler Murray definitely not playing those three games. Obviously, Colt McCoy is not either since they waived him or cut him. Um, But so Philadelphia, the only team that could see Kyler Murray. Additionally, um, the NFC East plays the AFC East this year, and the Commanders are the only team who plays the Buffalo Bills within the first four weeks of the regular season, and Von Miller is on the pup list. So they will definitely avoid him, uh, and obviously remains to be seen uh, if the other three teams um, could still see him. Well, I am excited, obviously, for the start of the season, so maybe it doesn't
1: make sense in some ways, but I'm also ready, as you can see, if you're watching this on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the Blogging the Boys YouTube channel, I'm ready for Phillies baseball in October, baby. So I have to go with a classic that everyone's going to love, It's Time to Wake Me Up When September Ends by Green Day.
0: That's this would have been, been more apt a month from now. No, I'm saying, makes yeah, sense like now. This, this would have made sense when
1: it was ending. No, it makes sense now because I want to go to bed for a month and then wake me up when October. Let's get to that. Let's get to the end of September. Let's get to the honestly. Can we just all admit that October is the best month of the year and it's the only month that matters out of all twelve? Come on, um, bring it on. I, thought,
0: I really thought uh so. First NFL of all, seasons in gear. Got the uh, the Phillies going to the World Series again. First of all, uh, wh- how did the Phillies' last World Series trip go? They won how many games? Three games? Uh, two two games? I think there was two, yeah. Okay. Well, they won two uh. games. <laughs> they were halfway there, dude. Uh, but um, I thought you were going to go with high hopes because uh, you were talking about the Phillies. I, th- I thought that's where you were going yeah. to go. But um,
1: you know. I used to listen to – I remember like vivid memories of listening to figure, finding out about it for the first time. My summer going into eighth grade – about like that's when american idiot was really big and i, I just remember yeah. seeing that music video on like mtv or whatever at the time still and that's why it's in my mind wake me up when september ends good song
0: um yeah kind of a, a slow pace uh but uh, yeah but it builds i don't think it builds uh, it does there's a crescendo is it even on the american idiot album I mean, what are you talking about? Yes. I really don't know. I, I'm you really just sure. lying or misinformed. Of course, it I is. know I brought this up before, but that I album listening pre- to it. That album premiered on Madden. I know I brought that up before. Madden, two thousand six.
1: I feel yeah, that was like always the lead song, right? Well, like I feel like it was the first song that would come on, or at least American a lot Idiot of was. Yeah, and he's yeah, yeah, the, the song uh, like American, American the Idiot, not the,
0: right. But what I'm saying is the album was first accessible on Madden, like before I mean, it was, you have it, brought this up. A yeah, lot. before it was even available. Like a Madden um,
1: exclusive. Yeah, before, it was,
0: before you could get it like Sam Goody or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Sam like, Goody. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we've got Suit and Tie, Dog Days are over, and uh, Wake Me Up When September ends. Yeah.
1: August, see ya. We're, it's August 30th when we're recording this. August, get out of here. September, look, it's fun, but whatever. I mean, like, you know, who cares about the games in September? October, that's when things start to get real. You start to really figure out if the teams are actually good or not. So... Let's just get to October, baby. It
0: is it is a magical time when the MLB playoffs are happening in parallel. I know we've brought it up many times, but the the Eagles Thursday night game in Houston was so... That was really cool. It was a really interesting night with the World Series happening at the same time. Like, that was just, you know, it was a lot of, like, sports fun. People um, didn't know what to, like, do. Well, I mean, they did. Obviously, they figured
1: it out. But, I mean, like, pe- I felt like people didn't necessarily, like, fully know what to do here. It was like, oh, how are we going to coordinate this? Like, where I was at, it was like, okay, there's the Eagles game on one TV. But which TV do we put the Eagles game on?
0: What's, you know, we put the World Series on. So, yeah, it's a whole thing. Um, okay, let's get out of here. Um, and as we do, Brandon, give us something you promised to eat before next week's mixtape that is not pizza. <sighs> wow. How did you possibly
1: guess something uh that's a good question i don't have anything in my mind that i can think of super easily that i like i'm planning to get but i'm gonna say a stick of cheese